What's up, podcast? This is Scotty B of the Heroes of Cosplay Sanctuary. First episode is Why Did I Decide to Make a Podcast About Cosplay? Well, first of all, cosplay isn't something that I really know anything about. Um, I'm really new to it. So new that I'm still working on my first costume. So new that I really don't know too many of the players in cosplay. And this is really a discovery for me to figure out more about it, figure out why. Uh, it became a thing and why it's so popular, why it's so popularized, why it's so scrutinized, why people flock to it, why some people make fun of it, why why it's become mainstream. Uh, there are a lot of questions in my mind about cosplay in general, um, but what I've found is that it's a great community of people. It's a very accepting and open community, but there's also a lot of I don't know, for lack of a better term, drama that goes on in cosplay. And it seems like there's there's a lot of places where um, people jump in and maybe try and take advantage of other people. It seems like there is just a lack of organization and help for the cosplayer. So as a marketer, uh, a digital marketer, and somebody who has spent close to 20 years of his life building businesses, helping people behind the scenes build YouTube channels, build online businesses, establish their footprint and brand and organization as an organization. I guess I just wanted to open up and start talking about something that I enjoy and have enjoyed for a long time in terms of what cosplay represents and what what everybody's dressing up as and what they're relating to, because that's something that I relate to too. You know, once upon a time when I was in eighth grade and I was a dork and I had some pretty cool friends who would get together with me and we'd go wherever, it really didn't matter. You know, just anywhere we had space, usually we had had something to do with a jungle gym or something like that. You know, you're 13 years old, you're just looking for space and we would sit there and, you know, we'd, we'd have like our trading cards for all the Marvel stuff, for all the DC stuff. And we'd just go through and be like, oh, yeah, you're so cool to be this person, be so cool to be that person. Because none of this stuff existed. You couldn't do that. Not as an adult, not as a kid. You couldn't, there wasn't really a good way when you lived in a small town to to dress up, to emulate the the characters that you saw in the comic books. I mean, back then, when I did this in the 90s, we didn't really even have any movies to watch. Like we didn't have Marvel Studios. There, there wasn't any of that. There was, there was this thing called Wizard Comics, Wizard Magazine, and Wizard had an article way back when, probably in like '92 or something, and it was about you know who would we cast as the X Men. And I remember looking through that. It was like the only article I really remember reading in that magazine. I was like, who would you cast as the X Men? Of course, everybody. Oh, pa Patrick Stewart, like the best Professor X. You know, we didn't, we didn't know too many of the other people that would do that. And I think Hugh Jackman was always Wolverine. You know, they, they always had certain people for certain characters. And, and that's kind of where, where that got started. And we're like, oh, you know, X-Men movie would be so cool. You know, we, we bought the comic books when we could. Uh, you know, again, you live in the middle of nowhere and you don't have a very good source of any of that. Another thing that, you know, I've heard more about the industry is that comic books just don't have a very good distribution network. They're, they're, they're not very well circulated in terms of marketing, in terms of logistics. It's just kind of a nightmare. So us finding comic books, us finding the comic books we wanted to read just didn't happen back then. So that's then. Uh, so then I fast forward to 
probably about 20 years old, I thought that I could make a legitimate go at being some sort of like a trading card player of some kind. So I went out and bought all these Star Wars customizable cards. And I was sitting in my room and I'd sit there and I'd like come up with all these decks. And like, oh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to this, I'm going to this convention and I'm going to play in a world tournament and I'm going to win. And that, that was all I thought. I was like, okay. I've got I've got a pretty good chance. Like I, I studied and I practiced and I played against my friends and I played locally and I went to a few practice tournaments and I did okay. So I thought, okay, why not? You know, it was a really good time, and I had I had a lot of fun, but I didn't uh, I didn't actually finish through the second day. I, w- I qualified for day two, but I didn't go the second day. My dad showed up to the convention. It was actually Gen Con once upon a time. I ended up uh, hanging out with him because he had flown in from out of town. So I, I don't know how that story would have ended if I would have won, if I would have lost. I probably would have lost. I mean, most, most of the time, that is the outcome. You never beat the top guy. Um, certainly, I didn't have the top decks. But it all just kind of started rolling together. So I have all of these ridiculous skills, and I've worked on so many different things. I've studied fitness. I've studied martial arts. I've studied business. I have master's degrees. I had a personal training cert. Worked with top marketers. I've done marketing for years. So here we are, a bunch of skills. And what don't I know how to do? I don't know how to sew a costume. I don't know how to make anything out of foam. I don't know how to paint anything. Right now, I'm just learning how to produce all of these different things. So it's just producing a podcast, producing a video, putting things of my own up on YouTube just to see if I can do it. I really don't care if anyone listens. I really don't care if anybody watches. You know, for me, this is all just discovery. And hopefully, I get a little bit better at it. Like, uh, most people say, you know, the first dozen of these just completely suck. They're not worth listening to. And you look back on them and you say, well, I keep this as a reminder of where I started. I don't keep this as a reminder of how great it was. But if I can reach one cosplayer, if I can help them figure out what it is that they want to do with this, how they want to apply it to their life, how they want to apply it to their job, how they want to change their job, how they want to change their career, how they want to get into something that interests them and not think about their crappy life, nothing about their crappy job, that they're stuck forever and ever because they're like 24 or whatever they are, or 30, or maybe even 45, I don't know. Cosplayers come from all ages, all shapes, all sizes. That's what a lot of people say is that, you know, it's for everybody. Does everybody get what they want out of it? And I think that the answer is no, they don't always get what they want out of it. I think a lot of people get discouraged. I think a lot of people show up, they feel like they need to compete with all these other people that really put all this work in and have been doing this for 10 years and they they hit every single convention. Well, I hate to tell you this, but every single industry has this. There, there are always top players in every game that you're going to play. That's just the way that it is. And if you don't want to be that, then don't worry about it. But if you want to be that, then just, you know, know who's who's there, know, know the competition, figure out what they do, go deep on some of those people. That's just studying. That's just learning how they work through this industry. And it is, it's a billion dollar industry. We're just a very small part of it. I guess attached industries too. So you have all of the photographers, all the videographers, all of the people in uh, audio and lighting and all the the digital equipment that goes into this, all the editing, film editing, countless hours of Photoshop editing, all the stuff that has to go on Instagram, probably YouTube, but YouTube is where it is as far as just 
getting people to see, like just getting eyeballs on what you do. And if you know how to do something, that how-to is gonna be how you build your audience on YouTube. You're going to be able to begin to monetize if that's what you wanna do. If you're going towards YouTube, YouTube equals monetization. So how do you tie all of that? How do you tie all of this, everything that I know, well, what's in it for you, I guess, is really the question. The really, really hard work and what would be really cool is if you'd see more scripts, if you'd see more YouTube content that people would try and produce footage or actual like actual episodes of something. Um, because, yeah, that takes forever to do. I think that there is a market for it. And that's really just my opinion. Like You can you can think whatever you want. You can say, uh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Or you can say, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, I could do something with this. I don't have to spend $3,000, $5,000 on a costume. I don't have to spend all this money traveling to every one of these shows. You really don't. This is a minimal investment. But of course, because it's something that's physically produced and it exists in the real world, it's not just a digital product. That comes along with it. But you have to physically produce a costume. You have to physically produce props. So it's really a derivative of that industry you know and really at the high end you're getting into cinematography you're getting into you know full-on film production and that's when it gets really tricky and expensive so where do you fit in that like do you really want to be an actor or an actress do you do you want to be on in theater or were you in theater so you know about costuming you know about theater you know backstage and you know lighting and you know booth and you know all that good stuff and i spent 10 years with that so i know a little bit about it yeah it's tricky live shows are really tricky when you're when you're trying to produce something sure i can go back and i can edit the crap out of this for my own things but for other people i would probably just go through and meticulously edit everything for me it's just well i just wanted to get this out there I just wanted to see if I could actually talk for 20 minutes and actually have something to say for all of that time, keep keep the conversation going. The next part of that, and I've kind of explained and laid a little bit of groundwork for what it is that I'm trying to accomplish and what it is that this will hit. Let's talk about the name of the podcast. It's called Heroes of Cosplay Sanctuary. That's a bit of a cliche because I know that Heroes of Cosplay was a really bad reality TV show back in 2013 and it lasted one season and got canceled. I never actually watched an episode of it. I remember watching the previews and just going, oh no. Because once upon a time I really wasn't into this and I didn't understand it myself. For them to, you know, you put it on spectacle and it's on television, like what are you actually going to have episodes about if it's not in and of itself episodic. If you try and do it like a reality TV show, I think it, no, it, it just like you trying to produce drama out of that sort of rigor of getting on a plane and making sure your costume fits. And that's more for micro content that, that to me feels like it fits better on Instagram stories. It fits better on IGTV. It fits better on live, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or whatever your platform is, it just fits better as micro content. So if you want to talk about um, you know, looking at a fully produced show, that's terrible, but use the micro content to document what you do with Heroes of Cosplay. That's really what this is about. It's about micro content for the cosplayer, little pieces that they can use to start to build their brand if that's what they're doing. If not, it gives them a more simplified approach so that they don't have to feel like they're always scrambling to to get something together like oh i need to post today oh i need to get this done there has to be one more thing or i'm gonna fade away and you know that's also a problem with social media is it's so constant you have to continually rigorously post something daily 
more than that a lot of the times. You just have to like flood social media with content in order to remain relevant. That causes a lot of anxiety for people. How do you manage that? How do you deal with that, cope with that as you're trying to do all of these other things? The rest of the world just sees you as someone who's kind of consumed by escapism. Heroes of cosplay. You're the cosplayer. To me, that's awesome. Is it what I aspire to be? Well, I think I will be attached to this industry for a while. I don't know how long. I don't know how long it'll last. Uh, the last 10 years have been very good for cosplay because of Marvel Studios. Where does it go for me? What am I going to do with it? What, what are we going to discover as we continue to produce podcasts, as we start getting into video, as we utilize micro content, all those fun things that, you know, it's very digital marketing focused and not necessarily all the how-to content that I already see out there. So if you want to learn how to make a lightsaber, if you want to learn how to make something out of foam, if you want to learn how to make armor, if you want to learn how to do those things, those people are already out there. I can even put that in show notes and say, okay, go get this book set because it's amazing and you will learn everything you need to know about LED lighting and costuming and sewing, anything and everything, what you need to put together a costume and props for a show and then go and have a fun time. And you can learn all of that. There's another step to that. How do you get it all filmed? How do you get in front of people? How do you produce the content that draws eyeballs to it? Where, where do you fit in all of that? Because it really, it does get very competitive. If that's what you want to do, it really is hard to chase. So you're a hero for even trying to do that. And a lot of people have to work full-time jobs. Uh, I remember when, you know, this used to be more or less just like the Bristol Renaissance Fair where people would dress up like knights and peasants and whatever they would go to that once a year. And they would spend the rest of their year just saving money to go. They work a full-time job and they go, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to Renfair. And it's gonna be, you know, like a week or something. They just go all out and it was super expensive. They have these ridiculously elaborate costumes. They have a great time, you know, and I think uh, with with the kind of culture that's developed from this, people don't really want to let it go. We don't we don't put it down anymore. It's just kind of a part of us. So every single day because of social media, because of how many conventions there are, there's one every it's almost every weekend. You can, depending on where you go, people fly even internationally to get to the next convention. So that's a huge engine for the industry. But it's also really hard for the cosplayer to keep up with. So, you know, you just keep going to con after con after con, and it's a constant drain. If you're not making any money on this, it's just a constant drain on your bank account. So you're not getting anywhere and you're trying to build something, but it's really not, is there, you know, is there a direction? Is there a focus? Maybe there is. And as we start to talk to people and as we start to learn more about the industry and about the people in the industry, about the heroes, that put all of this together and honestly they do it for free. I mean, there's so little coming in for them, for most of them, for most of you out there. There's there's so little incentive besides that you get to do it. The comic book industry, the movie industry, the studios that produce these films, they're not really providing anything for you to build all of this stuff for them and then put it out there. Like you're putting so much content out there for them. You are the marketing engine and they don't pay anything for that. It's a free platform. People who are just doing this because of fandom, they're just gaining from that. You know, that doesn't happen for Coke and Pepsi. They don't have people dressing up like them at conventions constantly. No, they, you know, but Marvel Comics does, DC Comics does, my heroes at Impact Theory Comics now do. And I certainly hope that that continues. For the cosplayer, there's there's no, very little. This is a podcast 
that's going to change that because there should be a little bit more for the cosplayer. And that's what I think for all the work that you have to put into everything for the armors, for the costuming. If you're just the person wearing that, let's say that your skills aren't necessarily where you're going to like try and build a manufacturing shop and start cranking all of these things out because you know, that would probably just like wreck you. You'd have to go to a job and then you'd have to build all these ridiculously customized costumes for other people. That is a super ultra niche and that takes a ton of skill and most people don't want to go for that. There are so many other things that you can do that you can get good at. You can offer to this industry other than just that manufactured sort of let's let's make masks let's make bracers let's make armor let's make different pieces of a costume and we'll either produce it ourselves we'll either make our own costume or we'll go and find somebody that we can commission and then you know we just have to mention that commissioning a costume for me right now so you know and i know that that will never be a skill that i have it's not in my wheelhouse today you know am i ever going to get good with foam armor and bodysuits fabrics probably not i worked with fabrics for a number of years, you know, working with designers, you know, I got, I got better at figuring out what kinds of fabrics, you know, am I, am I the person to be on the sewing machine constantly? Probably not. You know, that's, that's not where my strengths lie. There may be now, not always, but there aren't very many strengths for those people who make those costumes in how they get it out there. How do they, how does anyone even know they exist? How does anybody know that they have this talent? And that goes for anybody who gets in front of a camera or wants to get in front of a camera, anybody who puts on a costume, anybody who makes a costume, anybody who makes a prop, anybody who produces any of this stuff. You might be a great photographer. You might do great effects on your photography, but you might not know anything about digital marketing, so you don't know how to get it out there. You have no idea how to get anyone in front of it, other than you throw it on Instagram and you put a few hashtags on it and you hope for the best. And because you're writing an industry that's very popular, people find it. Then what do you do? What do you do? Uh, where, you know, when you don't know anything about marketing, so some of us have those skills and we blend it with all these other things that we know, because I've seen enough people try and do things with a sword and there's no, you know, how many photographers are going to be able to tell you, oh, well, you know, you got to put the sword up here and then you have to flip it like this. How many photographers are going to tell you, well, if you kick like this and extend your foot with the, with the toe pointed, it looks better than if you do it like this. Maybe they can. A lot of, a lot of photographers who hit this industry, they do a lot of stuff for free and really their expertise is like portrait photos and things like that. So they, they understand the lighting. They understand still shots. They understand face shots. You know, if you need, if you need like a glossy for an audition, they're going to get you that. Are they, are they scripting any of this? Is there a loose script or is it, you know, let's show up and let's just see what we can get. You know, I don't know. I'm very curious. I, I want to, I want to know more. I definitely want to, to find people to talk to. I talked about, you know, the why of a cosplay and the why of, of doing all of this and how it all ties together. Also talking about discomfort or the comfort zone, why, why you might uh, do something with cosplays. You know, you, you might think that it will, it will build skills for you as far as being able to be in front of people or being able to speak to people or just being in front of a camera. There's, there's a lot of different, well, there's so many different skills that can go into it. Uh, there's also aspects of fitness and health and how you deal with all of the travel and how you deal with all of the crowds and, you know, that there's so many different things. There's kids that look up to you because you're iconic to them. If you're putting on a Batman costume or a Superman costume or a Wonder Woman costume, these kids are running up to you and you're that, you're that person. You know, you're, you, they saw a movie with that character and you're, you're that person for them. 
And how do you deal with that? How do you go, you know, somebody's going to call you and they're going to ask you to, to go to a charity event. How do you deal with that? Because for a living, you do something completely different and you're never around. So there, there are all these little different pieces that have to fit together. This is the sanctuary to discuss all of those things. This is the place you can go. The DC series called uh, Heroes in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis, if you go on Comics Explained, you can get a much better much better explanation. Um, but the long and short of it is uh, they, they create a place for superheroes to go and basically dump their purse out and tell all their deepest, darkest secrets, get rid of all their issues and baggage. And they call it sanctuary. Now, we don't have to do that here. Sanctuary is supposed to be a safe environment. It's supposed to be a place that anybody can go, including people who really can't tell anyone anything, superheroes being those people, because they have to maintain a certain persona. They have to maintain a certain level of character because they are characterized by all of humanity. They have to be a certain way. They have to save everyone, you know, or the villains, the villains have to be a certain way. So what do they do? How do you deal with that? This should be, and will always be a safe place for the cosplayer to come and talk. And it will never be a place that really rips into the industry because we're not, we're not here to do that. We're here to objectively talk about ways that we can help and improve the industry. We're here to offer ways to help and improve the industry, to help with organization, to help with marketing, to help with all of the effects and production that goes into all of this. That's that's what we're here to talk about. And that's what we're here to learn about. We want to know more about the cosplayers, the people who are in the game. We want to do a good job of going deep on the people that we talk to so that we can really understand where they're coming from, why they do it, what this is really all about. Because I think it's not its not that it gets demonized. I don't think that's really a good term to use. It's not, we're not demonizing cosplayers. Uh, you know, there's, there's definitely hate speak on the internet about it. But I think people just don't understand the work. They don't understand. It's just like pro wrestling in some ways. You know, people look at, oh, well, that's fake. And it's just dismissed. But then you figure out like, oh, wow. How much training went into that, that they have to be on camera, that they have to make all of these calls on the spot, acrobatics, ridiculous levels of stamina that goes go into these, these fights and that they have to choreograph the whole thing. You don't get another take. Cosplay can be that difficult. It doesn't have to be. It is for everybody. This is the Heroes of Cosplay Sanctuary Podcast. Thanks for listening.